0: Hello, Internet, the Morgan You Know Podcast Network presents Balls and Brew.
1: Hello and welcome to another edition of the Flagship Sports Podcast here on the Morgan You Know Podcasting Network. I am back. I want to send a big thank you to my guy, the executive producer, last week, literally last minute fill-in host of this very podcast he is jimmy jamariska and jimmy i'm about to ask you the most important consequential question that's ever been asked here on the morganino podcasting network did you miss me last week and remember many things hinge upon your possible answer to me here
2: rod i missed you so much because i couldn't get williams to stop talking about circling back referees it was ridiculous Williams is making weird trades going on. I, I don't know, dude. I'm I'm sorry. I, Rod, we need you so bad here. All right. Well, I appreciate you guys picking up the slack for me,
1: but I am not the only return. Our old man, finally, Chris King has come back to Indiana. I'm borrowing that line from the man himself. He said it earlier this week on our network when he came back to the wrestling show, but he is in Indiana And he's back on the podcast. It's our old man, Chris King. Chris,
0: hello. What is up? And to be fair to Jim, I think he did an excellent job uh, reeling in Williams a little bit last week. Uh, That was an MVP performance as what is so synonymous with the NFL this year, a backup quarterback coming in and winning. That's what Jim did last week.
1: A backup quarterback coming in and winning. I know I was worried about being Wally pipped someone who can never be Wally Pipp. And those of you, that's a baseball reference I just made. I don't know if that's like the last square on a bingo card that Rod makes a baseball reference, but I just did one right there. Our football handicapper, he's crunching the numbers. He knows the plays. He knows the referees' names and what call they made back in 2019. He's our handicapper, Josh Williams. Josh, hello.
3: What's up, boys? A little bit of a mixed bag last week. Uh... Just a quick recap: the leans that I won, KC money line, pack plus seven, and Cade Otten over 21 and half receiving yards for a prop. Uh, he got like over eighty-five in that game, so that was a that was an easy win. But the leans that I lost, the Cleveland money line, they did not show up at all. Detroit minus three was actually the play I gave out. They were covering for fifty-two minutes of the game, well, ended up winning that game by one, not covering, so that was a kick in the nuts. And then the Philly money line, they just uh, Philly just uh, did not. No show, absolute no show there. So, uh, yeah, uh, we'll we'll hope, hopefully we'll get back uh, on track here this uh, this this week. I may have another random Tampa Bay prop for the play of the week, and I I think I really like this one. So uh, we'll see.
1: All right, there we go. I Listen, I know it may have looked to the viewers out there that I was not paying attention to anything Williams said right there, but we got technology things happen. We're trying to live stream out there to the folks on Facebook. Jimmy told me I needed to do something, and when Jimmy tells me I need to do something, I get it done. So I just got that done, and I am able to not look at Williams and listen to him all at the same time. We've been doing this for years now. I know what Williams has for us. It's important stuff. Williams made his playoff picks. We're not going to talk about any of those because I'm going to start. This is my podcast. This is where I'm going to start. I'm going to start us on a negative note. (laughs) Terrible, terrible, terrible super Wild Card weekend. I'm sorry. Most of the games were absolute terrible football games, blowouts, games that were just done early. Thank God for Chris's Detroit Lions and the Los Angeles Rams. The Rams probably should have won that game, but that was the only game that was an exciting game to watch. The rest were all absolutely terrible.
2: Jimmy, your thoughts. It was very boring. I will say, as a huge Bears fan, I even found it hilarious that the Packers were so good, and they just kept scoring and scoring and scoring. It's like, you know what? We'll give them a little bit at the end just to make them a little. But then, uh, thank goodness, the Cowboys are going to go in a completely different direction next year because that was an embarrassing loss as well. Let's go. Williams, what
1: was the uh, game that surprised you the most, my friend?
3: Um... Yeah, that's a tough one. I, I, a lot of people were surprised with the with the Packers' results, uh, just kicking the everletting snot out of the Cowboys. I, I was not. I mean, I, I didn't think they were going to be out twenty seven nothing. But the the Detroit Dallas game from a few weeks ago. I know Dallas ended up winning that game, but I significantly downgraded Dallas after watching that game. I thought they should have rolled over that Detroit defense, and they just did not. And I thought that the Packers' offense was was coming in rolling and you had all the pressure on Dak and we know McCarthy was like 3 and 13 in uh against the spread in his playoff career um you know post post that super bowl run with Rodgers so uh i just thought that the packers had a had a real good chance to cover that 7 and, and maybe even win outright but uh nothing nothing too surprising maybe philly absolutely laying an egg just the whole team just quitting and uh maybe that reflects on Nick Sirianni so we'll, we'll see what his future holds but uh Nothing surprised me too much here. I, Cleveland getting blown out too. Uh, Man, total no okay. shit. Sure. So three, things. So, yeah, th- three so, things. so
1: So just three things. Three things only surprised you then. All right. And Chris, again, I apologize. I thought maybe Williams might just give me one answer there. I didn't know he was just going <laughs> to rip the Band-Aid <laughs> off immediately and just start diving into your Cowboys before I even had the chance to go to you on your favorite team. So. William's just off to a rip-roaring start here as we're rolling into week two of the uh, NFL here, Chris. Open
0: up. any questions, yeah. Yeah, I'm okay. i really, I'm really surprised, Rod, that that Tampa Bay versus Philadelphia game wasn't your most exciting game since it was your boy Baker making that push for Tampa Bay.
1: listen, I might have been able to answer the question. I know it seems like I asked the question last week, but that's because Williams decided to use three different answers to answer one question. So that's why it seems like I didn't even have a chance there. But of course, I was going to bring up my guy, Baker. Chris, you know, I love nothing more than patting myself on the back on this podcast. I have had two cast off quarterbacks that I have ridden for for years now on this podcast and through other podcasts written communication that can be produced in a court of law. And those quarterbacks are Baker Mayfield and Gardner, Mitchell. boom over and done with, right? Are they perfect? Are you going to win everything with them? Absolutely not. But do I want them on my team? And when there's so many other quarterbacks that we talked about so many times on this podcast this year, that were terrible, why not go with those guys? So I loved seeing Baker Mayfield roll up and down with the tampa bay buccaneers let's go williams i said at the beginning of this year that the tampa bay buccaneers were going to be awesome no i didn't say that but i love seeing my guy baker i have always said that
3: yeah man baker was awesome he was awesome let's see if he can do it again it's it's a it's a real tough environment he was already talking with his uh former rams teammates to uh to get a uh glimpse of of what the atmosphere was like up in Detroit he said uh, all, all those teammates said that the atmosphere was awesome and that uh, it's, it's really 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 loud so baker's already preparing for that and uh and we'll see that game has a sneaky chance to be the best game of of the week so yeah i'm i'm excited for that jimmy jam what surprised you the most out of
1: a uh,
2: super wild card weekend uh, I want to go back to your your Eagles. It really surprised me that they started the game losing, and it didn't. It, it just it was just a an indictment of the entire culture there. When they're winning, everything is great. When one thing goes wrong, everything goes wrong, and I just couldn't believe that that happened. That was ridiculous.
1: I'm going to appreciate the restraint out of all three of you gentlemen to not basically take this chance to sort of rub my nose in the fact that the Cleveland Browns got absolutely stomped by the Texans and I was trying to get on board as being the driver. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I was trying to get on board as the driver of the Cleveland Browns fan bus at the end of the year there. Shout out to my guy, Mark Allen, who I wasn't watching that game and I flipped over to begin watching that game and I proceeded to see two straight pick sixes thrown by Joe Flacco. And so then I apologized to my guy, the Cleveland Clipper, Mark Allen, and said, hey, man, I apologize for wishing the Browns luck because it went bad for him after that. So Browns, you were thought of as well as having a complete surprising performance. But enough of that. Uh, Jimmy, is there any coaching news of note that we should touch on? You did such a wonderful job last week of doing all the coach uh, check-ins there. You guys immediately were made wrong about the New England Patriots the next day, but that's what happens with podcasts only once a week. But other than that, if we had any news,
2: Williams w- w- was made wrong. Thank you. Uh, Mayo is the Patriots coach. Weird press conference. Uh, Maybe the reason why Bill Belichick never said anything. I don't know. Just throwing that out there. Uh, we also have Bill Belichick's second interview coming up with the Falcons on this first week interview, I believe by rule, can only be in Zoom. So it looks interesting there. We've had Jim Harbaugh go to us and Vrabel go with the Chargers. And then finally... Chris's Dallas Cowboys. I mentioned this at the beginning. Not firing McCarthy. Chris King. How does that make you feel?
0: I'm okay with it. And I'm going to tell you why. Because you love losing in the first round. Because I did He's didn't, pretty used
2: to it by now, Jim.
0: I didn't want to see Bill Belichick become our coach. And now it can't happen. So that's why I'm happy. I also don't think it was... Mike McCarthy who cost us this season I would put that more squarely on our run defense specifically Uh, and the games that we lost uh, you saw against against Green Bay against Detroit against a lot or against uh, Buffalo when they just destroyed us those teams could run at us at will and we could do nothing to stop them and that's what really killed us this year
1: Wait a minute, Williams. If I got in a phone booth right now with Bill and Ted and I traveled back in time and I got some of Chris's thoughts on Mike McCarthy from earlier this football season, would they match up with what Chris was just saying right then and there? Or was Chris calling for Mike McCarthy's head earlier this year? Correct me, correct me here. Help the record.
3: I can't believe you would. I'm as much as the as much as you hate Belichick, I can't believe that you want McCarthy back over Belichick. I mean, I get Belichick, the GM, has not been good. And, I don't and, believe him as a coach. Oh, as a coach, he's as a coach, he's a thousand times better than McCarthy. Oh. By the way, first time in the history.
0: McCarthy has won more Super Bowls without Tom Brady than what Bill Belichick has.
1: Mike McCarthy, come to a parts unknown in Indiana and find the new president of your fan club. This is ridiculous out of you, Chris. How are you doing this 180? He's he's
2: one more. Yeah, he uh, he had nobody at quarterback when he won his Super Bowl a decade ago. Uh, No one at all. So that's that's a great comparison, Chris. Really appreciate that. Uh, Listen,
0: I know I'm bending over backwards to make my case, and it's not necessarily a good case, but there has been a lot of rumors out there about if Dallas loses in the first round, could that be a spot for Belichick if he's willing to give up his GM duties? Uh, I am just glad that now that conflict of interest doesn't happen because I would be in dire straits if Belichick was the coach of the Cowboys.
1: How many great lawyers do you think have walked into court and said, "You know what? It's not a great
2: case, but it's my case, and I just made it." How many of them do you think won closing arguments with that one? So, Williams, Williams, let's let's make a comparison here. If Aaron Rodgers was available to be the Bears' quarterback, let's say three years ago. Would you have had a conflict of interest of Aaron Rodgers coming and being the Bears quarterback?
3: No, it would have been like Favre going to the Vikings.
2: It would have been the greatest thing ever. I mean, it would have been, yes, we'll take him. It's great, fantastic. Bill Belichick, one of the best coaches, if not the best coach of all time. I'm still shocked that you you would not want him at least to try to do something different in Dallas. Jimmy Jam, how about this? You know what it's actually like? It's like something Chris
1: can associate with. His guy, 18. Left the Colts, all right, little broke down, maybe not really good anymore, more over the hill than having time left in the game, but it still got the Broncos a Super Bowl. Why in the world couldn't this be the thing that gets your Cowboys over the hump? This is Belichick. This guy wins. He wears sleeveless hoodies. He doesn't talk to the press. Jerry Jones will love him. Jones could do an extra hit on a sports talk radio station, his own TV show. If he wants to Hell, Jerry Jones could do the pregame interviews that Bill Belichick would be cool with it. Come on now.
0: No, you're not going to sell me on it. (laughs) (laughs) You're just not going to do it. I, for one, I don't believe he's such a great coach. Like you guys do. His record without Tom Brady is below 500. He doesn't win without one particular okay, fine. quarterback.
1: Listen, Matt Castle still looks pretty good. I saw him doing some commentary the other day. Let's dust him off and get him out there for the Cowboys <laughs> because he had a pretty good record when Matt
3: Castle was his quarterback. All right, what yep. do you say to that? 11-5. And, and it's the it's the egotistical Jerry Jones that won't let it happen, man. I mean, you think about this. The Cowboys will be going on 15 years now with Jason, the Clapper, Garrett, and Mike McCarthy. I mean, that is absolutely atrocious. And by the way, this first time in the history of the four major sports in North America, four major sports, you had a team win twelve games over a three uh, over a three year span like the Cowboys did, and you can't even make the conference championship game. You can't tell me that that's Mike McCarthy. I mean, he lied. At the press conference when he got the job, he told Jerry Jones that he watched every play from the last season. And then Jerry Jones brought, brings him out there. Ed Warder asks him, "Hey, what'd you learn from last year about looking at all the plays from from last season?" He's like, nah, "I didn't really, I didn't really watch this Yeah, yeah I just did that to get the job. It's fine. <laughs> I mean, this guy's a complete hack, man. Complete hack. There's no way he should be running the Cowboys, man. It's it's a joke." The most surprising stat
1: that came out over all this Mike McCarthy coverage was I completely forgot Jason Garrett was the coach of the Cowboys for nine years. That's like, oh, my God, what's happening? Why was Jason Garrett the coach of the Cowboys for nine years? And then the second question that that leads me to ask is, why did NBC think it was a good job to let Jason Garrett do everything? He's going to do pregame shows. He's going to do color when Mike Tarico can't be there. He's going to do Notre Dame games. I'm not sure he's good at any one of those three jobs. I'm not sure he was good at being a head coach, but yet he's had all four of them, proving what a Ivy League education and semi-good looks and an affable personality can get you. Because Jason Garrett seems like a good guy. I'm sorry that I'm talking this much shit about him on this podcast.
2: I apologize that I just curse, something I don't normally do. But Jason yeah, thanks Garrett for being explicit uh, on that one, Rod. And also, we're talking a lot about a team that Last I checked, doesn't have any new Jimmy. You're right, Jimmy, you're
1: right. I, and listen. Thank you. I was just about to round us around the corner. You've known me for too long. Ever since third grade, some would say. But let's move on to the games. Some would say, and they would be correct because that's the true answer. That that's what happened. <laughs> we are going to talk about the games that are being played. Let's just take these in chronological order. I will do my best to try to pin Williams down for an actual, an actual, an actual best. pick because I've learned through text messages shortly before this that Mr. Williams right now is like, these games are kind of tough. I don't know. He's trying to do his, his typical Williams hedge stuff, so I'm going to get him down with some kind of a pick. But let's start with the game that they always start with. And the Houston Texans, I don't know what you did to somebody at NFL scheduling, but you will always be the first NFL playoff game, and congratulations to you, because they look pretty darn good, Trouncing the Browns, and now they are taking on, the Baltimore Ravens, and I guess the supposed NFL MVP, Mr. Williams, Lamar Jackson.
3: Yeah, yeah. Lamar, second MVP in, in five years. It's the shaky's bowl, man. The shaky's bowl. Houston always gets it. Shout if out Bill make, Simmons. Yeah, if they make it to the Super Bowl, Super Bowl somehow this year. That the Super Bowl is going to get moved to Saturday at 4:30. Just just for the Houston Texans to, to perform the Shakey's Bowl. Yeah. Uh Texans run a bunch of zone here. Lamar has been great versus zone. Uh, 71% completion rate, 51% success rate, which is really high. Uh, in the last 10 weeks, the Texans have played one playoff quarterback, and that was last week, Joe Flacco. How, how'd that turn out? And for the entire year, they faced one top 10 offense in EPA per play. That was the Ravens back in all the way back in week one. If you remove the backups playing in week 18, this Ravens team was 6-2 and two this year versus playoff teams. Both of those losses were inside the division. And... The, the, the Ravens could get out to a quick start this game. Lamar in the first half, uh, ATS in his career, 50-25-2, and that's 67%. Harbaugh in the first half is 148-103-8, and that's 59%. They're the most profitable quarterback and head coach duo in the first half, ATS, since they've been tracking that data over the last 20 years. That's impressive. Ravens are the first team to have the first team all-pro quarterback in Lamar and the number one scoring defense since the 96 Packers. Entering the playoffs here, and they have the best point differential versus other playoff teams in NFL history. Plus one seventy one for the Ravens. So yeah, the Ravens are number one in EPA allowed per drop back, but they fall to a below average defense defending the pass when you use play action. Gotta believe Bobby Slowick, PFF's greatest. will dial up some play action in this game. And rookie quarterbacks playing on the road versus John Harbaugh are only two and seventeen straight up with a completion percentage of just fifty five percent. And a touchdown interception ratio of only 10 to 24. So it could be a tougher game for CJ Stroud this week than it was last week at home. Uh, Zay Flowers ranks fourth among qualified wide receivers and missed tackles forced per catch. Houston grades out 26 in overall tackling this season. So that could be an issue. They've missed 130 tackles. That's one less of any team in the league. And 62% of the money or 62, 62% of the handles on Houston, 60% of the money is on Houston here, getting plus nine and a half. Uh, so it's about it's about even there. Uh, that's all the data I have for you guys. Uh, what do you guys think for this Baltimore-Houston game? Kimmy, I'm going to go to you on this, all right? I'm, I'm nothing if not a
1: host who tries to bring entertainment value, all right? There are two, as I see it, absolute, easy, hacky, any joke on a sports talk radio show arguments a guy could make, right? Tell me which of these two you think actually is something that does worry you, okay? Harbaugh experienced super bowl ring over first year head coach lock it up give it to me hardball all day no chance the rookies got a chance in the playoffs right second argument that a lot of people can easily make is rust ravens had to sit out they rested a bunch of people for the last week and then they had the first week of the playoffs off are they going to be rusty which of those two hacky easy to make arguments worries you the most jimmy
2: uh, of the two, it would be the rust for the Ravens because I think Ryan's an unbelievable coach. I know they uh, a lot of people saw on the sidelines, there's a nice uh, video of him just telling the cornerback, this is what's going to happen and you're going to pick it and you're going to go and it's exactly what happened. He is very into it. I don't, I'm not worried about him at all. The rust factor does play into it a little bit, I think, uh, although it is hacky. You never know what can happen. You need to stay on top of your game and missing any part can throw you off a little bit. So that would be of the two, the one I'd worry about the most.
1: All right, Chris, I'm going to go to you on this. Do you, do you really want to come on this podcast and pick a rookie quarterback over Lamar Jackson, a guy who's about ready to roll to possibly his second MVP? Are we really about to do that?
0: I I can't, I can't take a CJ Stroud over Lamar Jackson in this situation. This is what Baltimore has been playing for all year. This is what they've worked for. They've been here before. I I do like Baltimore in this situation. I do think all the pressure is also on Baltimore, and that can worry me a little bit because no pressure is on Houston or CJ Stroud. They are playing with house money right now, and that worries me. The spread, I think, is what, like nine points, Williams, or something like that? That is a crazy, crazy spread. Nine and a half, Um, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I still think Baltimore wins, but not at that kind of a spread.
1: I'm with Chris. I say Baltimore wins, but here's what else I want to say about this game. I like that Williams brought up first-half stuff with Baltimore. I think first-quarter stuff is really important with the Texans. I really think you're going to know early, are the Texans here? Are the lights too big? Are they enough to stick with this Ravens team? Or are they a team who went nine and eight? and barely won the AFC South, which is a division we all trashed all year long, right? I think we'll know in the first quarter if the Texans are going to be able to hang with the Ravens or not, and if the Ravens are a little bit off their game like Jimmy possibly talked about. So Chris and I made our pick. Jimmy, who you got?
2: I have the Ravens winning this game. I also have, uh, not from the chat, but from the chat to my left over here, real quick, Jackson Jamriska has a take. Uh Uh-oh. After watching that Eagles game, he thinks they should blow it up. No more Sirianni. They're not a contender anymore as they stand. They need to blow it up and make radical changes. How about that, gentlemen?
1: Wow! Wow! Flip it over to the NFC. Jackson Jamriska is while we're talking about the AFC playoff. Yeah, timing
2: boy. isn't the, isn't the best, but hey, you know what? I appreciate the uh, the the talk. And also, if you have any comments to throw in our chat, please do so, and we'll get you on right away. There you go. So Williams, we have our second game. We are going to go Saturday at 815 Packers and Niners are Packers at the Niners. I know I got a Packers fan to my left over here. Give us some thoughts on that. Give us some thoughts on that.
3: Yeah. uh, Let's Going back to that game from last week, the, the Cowboys rushing efficiency all year wasn't that great. That's one way to beat Green Bay. And now the pack have to go up against the number one rushing offense in the league on the road and the Niners, you know, yeah, San Fran will be rested coming off their bye here with extra preparation. And Joe Barry's D has just not been good covering tight ends. They haven't been good covering the slot. Uh, we've, we talked about they haven't been great versus the run. So pick your poison here, run CMC, Debo, Kittle. I mean, uh, the pack also played one of the easiest schedules of opposing offenses this year. I mean, they lost to Tommy Lasagna. They played rookie Jaron Hall for the Vikes. He didn't even make it to the second half. And they played Brett Rippon when he got a spot start for the Rams. Look, they're 27th in DVOA on D for the whole you year. You made that guy up. That guy
1: didn't start at quarterback. You made that guy up. You tried to sneak that by everybody. I know a lot of quarterbacks played this year, but that dude didn't play. You made that Brody up. did better than Justin Fields. Brett Rippon.
3: Brett Rippon, <laughs> the the nephew of the 1991 Washington Redskins starting quarterback, Super Bowl winner
0: Mark Rippet. I was gonna say it sounds like a uh, made-up Madden name for a future quarterback in the game.
3: <laughs> uh, but yeah, that, if you if if you want to argue that the Pack D Pack D has been better lately, I would say go to I Wayne. wouldn't I wouldn't make that
1: argument because
3: most Packer fans want Joe Carroll Joe Barry Carroll fired, so I wouldn't make that argument. Yeah, I mean, they're 27th for the whole year, but if you go to way a DVOA, which is over the last six games, they're even worse. They're 28th. So, I mean, the pack will probably play a ton of three wide, and they'll probably play extremely slow. The last 10 weeks, the pack ranked number two in time of possession per drive. The offense tries to mask how bad that D is. And the coin toss is real important here because LeFleur, the Lafleur has taken the ball the last five times and they've went down and scored every single time. And one weakness that San Fran does have is coming from behind. uh, If you get down multiple scores. So uh, now look out. You've not brought coin toss
1: to us all year long. I pay close attention to all of the different things that you follow, all the different levers that you push, the people that you listen to, the different weather, and this referee, and this home game three years ago, in this condition versus this guy who used to be an AFC coordinator in the SEC when this dude played at Tennessee Christian College, right? Like, I've heard you do all of those, and you've never once told me that the coin toss mattered. I am intrigued now.
3: How about this? If they show it, if Green Bay wins the toss, I guarantee that they're going to take the ball here. And San Fran might even take the ball if they win the toss. Like remember back in the day, like you never you always deferred. You always deferred. And now uh it's getting it's getting to be like 50-50, and some teams take the ball a lot more. So uh yeah, now the pack do a pretty good job defending outside zone runs, and that's what San Fran does pretty well. Um Green Bay hasn't given up explosives. They are the fourth worst tackling team in the league, though. Okay, so well, be, I listen, Williams, I've let this go on too long. Why are you talking about this from the Green Bay
1: angle, right? Why are you not wearing your San Francisco 49ers hat? Why are you not singing the praises of Kyle Shanahan? Are you trying to do a reverse jinx here?
3: Like, what is happening? i was just about ready to get to it here. Purdue, or, or Purdy, could have a, good, a huge game here. Early down pass rates and depth of target on early down throws, all higher than when Jimmy G was the quarterback. And Purdy has been very good versus zones. The Pack play a lot of zones. Joe Barry also likes the Blitz. That may not be a good idea versus Purdy. Purdy's number one in success rate versus the Blitz. He's number one in yards per attempt versus the Blitz. He's been the best quarterback in the league versus the Blitz this season, and it really hasn't been close. 65% of the Pack Blitzes have not gotten home either. That's second worst in the league. So that could cause a lot of trouble for this pack defense. And on the other side, the Niners D has a 60% pressure rate. Get this when Bosa, Chase Young, uh, Javon Hargrave and Eric Armstead, Eric Armstead are all on the field at the same time. Now, it's relatively small sample size, but that is a ridiculous number because if any of them are off the field, that number goes down to a 35% pressure rate. And similar to the other game, 52% of the handle is on Green Bay. 53% of the money is on Green Bay. I think what these last, what these first two games here show us are, is that the public, the public gets, I think, too caught up in what they just saw, and they just saw Houston and Green Bay put on an awesome offensive performance. But now they have to step up and play the two best teams in the league. And so we'll see here. I, I think San Fran. I don't think Green Bay is going to be able to stop the San Fran offense. Chris, you going to pick an upset here?
0: No, I don't think I can. I got to give it to San Francisco. They're the better team. I mean, there's no way around them being the better team. This is the playoffs. Better teams should win. Jimmy,
1: how about you? You picked an upset here?
2: Nothing would make me happier than the San Francisco 49ers beating the Packers, which means I'm going to pick the Packers to win because they're going to win. I don't know how, but they're going to win. And it's going I think to really pick me off. I think there's a team
1: of destiny in the NFC, Jim. I really do. And I think that you might have them, or I think a team that we will talk about in the NFC game that happens on Sunday might be that team of destiny. That's a little tease for you. Actually, that game comes up first on now. Sunday. So yeah. we'll get to it now. Yeah, I love the Lions. Something's going right in Detroit. Dan Campbell is awesome, right? Jason Goff is a great story right now. Jared Goff, not Jason Goff. Jason Goff's probably a good guy, too. I believe he's... He a, and Landry
2: uh, Fields are playing in the uh, over in the corner. Yeah, 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 I believe Jason Goff is a
1: podcaster out of Chicago, but Jared Goff is who I meant to talk about, the quarterback for the Detroit Lions. He's going to make for great copy, leading all the way into the Super Bowl. I love the Lions. They should have lost to the Rams, and they didn't. That gives me team of... Destiny vibes. Chris, we know you love the Lions, so I'm gonna to come to you first before we get Williams' hard numbers.
0: Yeah, listen, I am so happy to see you finally recognizing the Lions for what they are, Rod. And that is a, a new beast of the NFC. Uh they have the heart and the mindset that you want to see and a plucky underdog story that de- Defies all odds and and goes places the franchise has never gone before, and make it to the Super Bowl. That would be the best story we can see from the NFL this year.
1: There you go, the Detroit Lions, the Star Trek of the NFL, to boldly go where no one has gone before. Chris told you right there, Jimmy Jam. Let's come to you before we get Williams's hard numbers. We're all going to get the chance to talk before Williams does. How about that for a
2: switch up? I like that. I'm going to be short and sweet. Lions are going to lion, and they're going to win. Go Lions. Wait a minute. If Lions are going to lie, they're going to
1: lose. I like how no. you switch it on everybody. No,
2: it's new. It's the new, it's Lions. new Lions. They're going to lie 2024,
3: Jimmy. I like what you did there. Williams, Yeah. go ahead. Tell us what we're wrong. Yeah, the Lions are favored by six and a half here. And when Goff isn't blitzed, check this out. He's the number one passer at PFF, believe it or not. Is that the Ben Johnson effect? Maybe. But when Goff is blitzed, he drops down to the number 22 graded quarterback. Detroit is number one in rush yards allowed, uh, but Tampa doesn't really run it to begin with. So we may see Baker drop back like 50 times in this game. More more on that in a second here with this prop later on. Uh, this is the most expensive divisional round ticket in NFL history for this Detroit game and these Detroit fans and the Detroit will be playing back-to-back home playoff games. Wow,
1: that's me. kind of crazy, because, I mean, I don't know about you, but Detroit's really been on a boom for, like, the last <laughs> decade. It's been going great for everybody up there in Detroit. I'm excited that they now have to pay the highest price ever to see their Lions finally after winning a playoff game. Congratulations, City of Detroit. The NFL behemoth is now
0: screwing you. Well, listen, Stop. they're not buying Pistons tickets, all right? So they're saving that mm-hmm. money and going to the Lions games. Hot,
3: hot, hot ticket. And they're not buying Tigers tickets either, so... Yeah, Detroit playing uh, back-to-back home playoff games for the first time in their history. But the Bucks D might be a little bit better than the public thinks now that they're healthy. When the core Bucks eight defensive unit is on the field at the same time, they are uh, more than two times better than the Browns were this season versus the run in EPA. That's Viet Vay, Shaq Barrett, White, David, at linebacker, Winfield, Dean, and Carlton Jones. When those eight guys are on the field for Tampa, this D is nasty. All so household
1: what? names. Everybody listening right now knows exactly who every one of those guys are just by their last name. All household <laughs> names.
3: The Lions are going to be able to run it as much as they want or as much as they usually do. So uh, I expect Ben Johnson to, uh, to to dial up some play action here. Okay. Ironic- all right, Williams, you said his name twice now, so I got to
1: stop you there. All right. When he signs his head coach be contract. No, 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 no. <laughs> if there, if there should be some sort of like gold statue or like some new piece of Maybe. art or like a high-powered microphone, you should be getting some sort of royalties off Man. of the check
3: that this guy's going to cash from all of the all the smoke you've been blowing up his ass all year long. I'm going to be a big fan of whoever signs Ben Johnson and Bobby Slowick, for that matter. It could be the Titans. Um, I'm not sure still yet where uh, where Ben Johnson's going. But, uh, yeah, ironically, having the Lions face Brian Flores and his blitzing Ds in two out of the last four games I think will really help them in this game being prepared for those exotic blitz schemes that Todd Bowles likes to throw out. And on the other side, Tampa's OC Dave Canales has has to come out firing. He can't waste runs here. You're not going to run on this lions front seven. No running back has eclipsed 70 yards versus the lions rush D this season. That's that's amazing. Um, And here's, here's my prop that I love. We hit on Otten last week, pretty easy. I'm going to take under 15 and a half rushing attempts for Rashad white. And here's why I like it. Going back to uh, uh, I mean, going back to Tampa here, why do I like this so much? If we trust the market, there were some respected people in Vegas that thought this line should open up around four and a half. What's up to six and a half now. So that tells us that the Lions have a good chance here to be playing with positive game script with the lead. What's interesting with the Bucks box scores, if you look at their losses, so they're six and a half point dogs here. If you look at their losses, in seven of eight of them, Rashad White has went under 15 and a half rushing attempts. The one loss where he went over, was a wild shootout game in Houston where both teams combined for 77 points and on the other side if you include the Lions playoff win last week that's 13 wins for them they are 10 and three in those 13 wins holding their opponent's top running back to under 15 and a half rushing temps that's why I like Rashad white under 15 and a half here
1: so is this is this your this is your official pick we have we have four huge significant NFL playoff games in the pick that you are giving to our faithful listeners who have stuck with us all of these years in this entire season
3: is Rashad white under 16 carries under 15 and a half. Let's go, let's go. You got to find, you got to find value somewhere. I'm telling you these lines are so efficient right now, Rod, it's tough to go on either side here. So you got to find some, you got to find some inefficient lines here. I think this, I think this line is too high for Rashad white. You see what I just did there, though, Williams? I set you up for your efficiency about the Lions
1: remark right there. That's what a good (laughs) podcast host does for you, my friend. And you know what else a good podcast host host does is transition to the final NFL playoff game, possibly the biggest playoff game, maybe drawing the biggest ratings this weekend. I know the NFL drew some huge ratings last weekend. My predictions, this Chiefs-Bills game, Mahomes-Allen-Taylor-Swift, in the box, Mahomes, Ma-Auto, let's go. This will be the biggest ratings spectacular this weekend. Williams, I know you got some numbers on ratings from last weekend.
3: Yeah, the game on Peacock last week actually got 23 million viewers, which is – I know Mahomes was on there, but, uh, man, 23 million for Peacock. We're, we're probably going to get playoff games on there going forward, you know, so – uh, 23 million though. I mean, Jim, that's how many Peacock gets when like we have money in the
1: bank or we have like uh, elimination chamber, Perth, Australia at two o'clock in the afternoon. Like that's how
2: many people tune in for that. Right? Yeah. Obviously there was no issues with the streaming cause they're used to the WWE crowd. So, uh, I guess they'll take 23 million. Th- that's fine. I wonder how many of those 23 million canceled as soon as the game ended though. I, I was let's, also going to what? say that's still, that. that's still, let's say, let's say 10 million people bought it for one day and canceled. That's a lot of money. They'll be okay. Maybe they got some
1: help from the WWE on a, on how to cook up that number as well, Jim. Because you often talk about how the WWE hasn't been known to give a legit number in their entire history. Two point three
2: million. They forgot the little decimal. Twenty three is fine.
3: Same thing. Check out the Bills and Steelers on a Monday afternoon. Got thirty one million. <sighs> I mean, is the NFL king or what, man? Uh, staff yeah. Was... okay i'm glad that you brought
1: that up williams because
3: the nfl encroached
1: on christmas day and <laughs> shat all over the nba and jimmy i did it once earlier so i might as well go ahead and do it again a second time all right and then they That's even fine. said you know what else we're gonna do to you nba we're gonna take another day that means an awful lot to you and that is actually kind of morphed into a thing where you have a big ceremony in atlanta and then you have a big ceremony in memphis we're gonna crap all over you on that day too i mean my god the nfl mark cuban said it a few years back. Hogs get pigs go to something or other and then hogs get slaughtered. Something about being too fat and greedy is
3: basically what he was saying. And it's times like these that I wonder if he was maybe on to something. I hope they don't go to the two 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 format next year, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Like they the can. two games on Monday ah, the two games on Monday are too much, man. I, I don't really I don't like the Monday night playoff game, yeah. but uh, it's not fair yeah, at all. It's not no, it's not fair at all. Speaking about late uh, playoff games, we got Chiefs Bills, Williams. I know real quick, real quick, Stafford going back to Off Detroit the Pete. that got 36 million and the Packers Cowboys, uh, you know, Chris's, Chris's Cowboys, 40 million viewers. So that was Chris, impressive. how does that
1: make you feel knowing 40 million people tuned in to watch your Cowboys just piss down their legs? How does that make you feel?
0: Makes me feel like I don't root for a no-name franchise. I root for a great franchise (laughs) that is relevant every single year in the NFL.
2: And hasn't won a playoff game. (laughs) And hasn't tanked either. Which is bad because they're in the same place that everybody else is. Nowhere. Williams, I think the Bills are going to finally beat the Chiefs because they are in Buffalo It's going to be snowy. It's going to be cold. Obviously, the Chiefs can't handle the cold. I think that the Bills are going to defeat the Chiefs. Chris, what do you think about this? And then we'll go to Williams as Rod is having a – I don't know what's wrong.
0: No, I got to go Bills too. I think think they're going to get over that hump. We know Kansas City has shown some cracks in their offense. So, I think Buffalo actually gets it done. They've been a really, really solid team these last few weeks. All right, Rod, before
2: we go to Williams, I'm taking over. Yeah, Rod, you are. I love it. Let's go. On Chief Bills.
1: Uh, I, listen, I was driving the Buffalo bus, right? I was driving the Cleveland bus, and I was driving the Buffalo bus. Apparently, I like driving buses from cold locations and then driving them towards the playoffs. So I was on the Bills bus, and I was on the Cleveland bus. The Cleveland bus ended up like speed. We will see where my Buffalo bus takes me. I'm not entirely sure that I like the destination. I enjoyed Kansas City. I thought they seemed like they were having fun playing football again. Patrick Mahomes didn't seem to hate every one of his teammates. Andy Reid was seeming to dial up some interesting plays, and they didn't let that cold temperature bother them at all. I was a little impressed with the Chiefs. As much as I've been driving Buffalo bus, give me the Chiefs.
2: Williams, as you said, this is going to be one of the bigger games Give us a couple of uh, nuggets uh, for our betting wishes.
3: Yeah, this will be the second time since 1970 that two quarterbacks from different divisions will have played each other seven times in a four-year span. I'm sure you guys can guess the other two. Manning and Brady did this from 03 to 06. The Bills and the Chiefs, the two most winningest AFC teams since 2020, if you include the regular season and postseason. And since Joe Brady took over the Bills play calling, they've been the run heaviest team in the league. That's surprising. Buffalo's pass rate has went from 8th in the first 9 weeks to 32nd dead last in the last 10 weeks. But the Chiefs can't def- def- they really can't defend the run. They're 27th the DVO DVOA versus the run.
1: Now Jimmy did say a couple nuggets, Mr. Williams. I think you've yeah. already delved into a handful of nuggets at this point. Okay.
3: Let's give let's us the fast. best
1: nugget. Give us the let's, best nugget. The best nugget, the, best yep. nugget. the one that, the one that jumped off the page at you.
3: Let's fast forward to ref stats. Sean Hockley's ah. crew, calling he called the fewest defense PIs and the fewest illegal contact penalties this season. The Chiefs are 8-2 and two straight up when Hockley refs their games. Meanwhile, the Bills are only 1-3 and three straight up with Hockley. Ay, that's not great for Buffalo fans. But other than the two wins against Miami, guess how many other wins the Chiefs had versus the other 12 playoff teams this year? If you would have guessed zero, you'd be right. That's also surprising. No other playoff wins other than Miami this year for the Chiefs.
1: Yeah, uh, but Miami's the, also not good. Miami has a bunch of not wins versus great teams. So how good's even that win?
3: Exactly. The two wins. Yeah. KC gets a two-day rest advantage here because the Bills wildcard game got pushed back to Monday. Yeah, this is uh this is a tough one, man. Uh, <laughs> I love it. I, don't a, I don't think Williams
1: made I I don't think ways made a pick the entire podcast. I don't yeah. think he made a pick the entire
3: Literally podcast. Literally your
2: job. Yeah.
1: Yeah, let's uh
3: I'm I'm rooting for Buffalo here. All right. that's fine. Listen,
1: you know what? We ran over a little bit because you know what's happening to us? We're like we've been together too long now. We all know how to push each other's buttons and we start fighting and then we get sidetracked, right? We do earlier balls and brews. We'd have an outline and we'd stick right to them because we needed to flow by that. But now we just want to get back and forth at each other. And if you want to hear us argue even more, stick around a couple more minutes here as we say goodbye to our guy, Josh Williams and Jimmy Jamriska, fill in host. Producer extraordinaire will lead us through the NBA fast break.
2: Welcome to the fast break. The fastest 15 minutes in the NBA. I'm Jimmy Rod and Chris are still in camera. Williams is there too. Hopefully he knows his camera is still on. We have a wins league that we don't even need to talk about anymore. Cause I will tell you this, Rod. I did your team first. My team was still beating your team, and I had two weeks of wins I didn't put in yet because we didn't do Balls and Brew last week. Uh, Rod, you've got 184 wins overall. Um, Chris, 201 wins. Respectable. 222 for Jimmy. Uh, My teams are just, they're rolling right now. We've got a lot of teams that are rolling. Rod, what is the team that you think um, is on the right path moving forward? You know what, a team that's
1: actually surprised me an awful lot last week? And it's the Cleveland Cavaliers. They are right? winning
2: without two of their best players, supposedly. But yes.
1: We had the Knicks training for OG Ananobi. We have the Pacers just bringing in Pascal Siakam. And I'm sure we'll get there very soon. But while all that stuff was happening, the Cleveland Cavaliers were like, hey, 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 don't forget about us. We were a four seed last year in the playoffs, we got absolutely de pantsed. By the Tibbs Knicks, but we have a lot of talent here. Don't forget about us. There, we're there could be an opening for anybody behind the top three seeds in the East. Why not the Cleveland Cavaliers? So I was a little bit impressed with them because you tell me that their guy is Garland, and you tell me that their guy is Mobley, and then those two guys are out of the lineup, and the Cavs are starting to spread the ball around. And oh, lo and behold. You know, getting up three-pointers, giving everybody a little bit of a taste works pretty well.
2: Interesting, huh, Jim? I really enjoy what the Cavs are doing right now. They've been on a nice little roll here. And if they can incorporate those two when they do get back eventually, it'll be interesting to see. Because you thought they might have been sellers. You thought Mitchell might have been going out. Allen might have been going out. Now, they may try to add some people. Speaking of adding people, Chris, I have not heard you enough tonight. And as (laughs) fast break... We're going to get your analysis, okay? Now, I'm sure you finally got the paper, you know, your weekly gazette that you get, and you noticed that we have a huge trade for your hometown, Indiana Pacers. The Pacers received Pascal Siakam, yeah! and Jackson's very happy about That's that as passion.
0: well. That's passion right there.
2: Pascal Siakam via the Raptors and a future second-round pick. The Raptors receive Bruce Brown, Kira Lewis, Jordan Noara two 2024 first round picks and a conditional 2026 first round pick from the Pacers. Chris King, your thoughts on the Pacers Adams adding
0: Siakam. I think it's a great fit. I think, I think Siakam probably matches up and fits better with the Pacers starting five than just about any other team, especially in the East. Uh, He brings us a little bit more of a post defender on defense and the four spot, which we didn't have before. We essentially are only giving up one rotational player, a couple of uh, picks in this next year's draft, which isn't probably going to be all that great. There's no big names coming out. I don't see how this is anything but upside for the Indiana Pacers.
2: I love what you said there, because usually when you look in the future with these draft picks, you're a little nervous if you're the Lakers or the Clippers right now, even the Bucs to a certain extent. But if you're the Pacers, these two picks coming up are going to be in the late, late teens or more more than likely in the early 20s. And I think that's fine. They're good with that. 2026 pick, they're the Pacers. They're never going to tank. They're never going to be... Maybe they will eventually, you know, uh, in the 30s. So they're going to be in that 20. Uh, and I think that's fine. And the people, Rob, that are saying, why would you trade for someone who's going to leave you? I don't know if they know how the NBA works, or maybe I don't, but he's not leaving.
1: You, I love how you said it there, Jim, because if he leaves at the end of this year and the Pacers paid that price for a rental, you and I will come up with something that we will do for the people because I, sure. like you, understand that agents – run this game more than we know so pascal's agents were talking to the pacers the pacers were talking to pascal's agents pascal's agents were talking to the raptors and nobody's going to do this trade if it's not agreed that pascal's going to be there i want to take umbrage with one thing that chris said and one thing only and he's actually going to like this because it's not tearing everything apart he said because i like most of what he said but i think pascal works on every team right and that's not a knock against the pacers i think that's just more of how he absolutely can play and can fit in anywhere And the thing that I think he brings to the Pacers most is just heft, right? Like just toughness. Just I'm going to throw my body around in there a little bit because the Pacers have a lot of dudes who avoid contact. They got a lot of spindly guys. You know what I mean? So I think somebody who's willing to get in there and mix it up and who's been in some playoff wars. Get us some defensive
0: rebounds. How about that?
1: And quick shout out to the new orleans pelicans all right you were thought of you gave up a player and a second round draft pick just to get under the luxury tax in the midst of a season where you still have just as good a chance as anybody in the west you gotta love nba
2: owners who still want to be cheap i think that saves them like 14 million dollars which is pretty nice but rod it's been a positive show so far let's get negative
1: we have to have to have to do something about this situation the momentum is dying i don't understand no more distractions but i do believe we should all follow one path in life hubris and ego and pride sorry all that was a complete lie
2: rod has to uh, unmute himself
3: i had
1: to just i really i did like i had to do some zen exercises to get myself even to a position to where i could begin this week's rod nation. all right i am a father. I have a 12-year-old. I have, as I get older, learned to be a little more patient. I have learned that the younger generation needs to get their chance to make their mistakes. They need to get their chance to shine. They think they have the right to say more things. They have more platforms and abilities to say things. That being said, one Jonathan Kamenga, my friend, okay? I do not know what planet you came from. But when you thought it would be a good idea to release through your agents and then sort of say yourself to a camera and to reporters, I don't think Steve Kerr's the right coach for me or the right coach for this team. Come on, my guy. Come on. All right. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Steve Kerr is a better coach than Eric Spolstra. Or Red Arback or Phil Jackson or any of the Illuminati that make up the coaching greats throughout NBA lore. But I will tell you, the man has a whole bunch of rings. Okay. And he's been the coach of the Golden State Warriors for quite a while. And you are a youngster. You're supposed to be seen and not heard. Continue playing good on the court. Don't necessarily challenge your coach and then be surprised that the coach you just openly challenged doesn't want to play in basketball games. So again. Younger generation, I want to pop you, prop you up. I want you to be positive. I believe the children are our future. The great Whitney Houston said that. But Kaminga, maybe it's time for you to shut up for just a few. Just a few.
2: Chris, you are of the generation who uh, speak when you're spoken to. Kaminga should have listened, right?
0: Yeah. Um, it's called, uh, if nothing else at bare minimum, respect your elders. Uh respect people that were successful in the business. And I, I got to tie respect off this your little...
1: elders. That's rich coming out of you. Cause that's literally everybody you talk to, but I'm sorry. Okay.
0: I but I'm, I'm a little bit surprised. There was one thing out there that happened last week, Rob, that rubbed me a little bit more raw than what that did. And I'm talking about Chicago bulls fans. All right. And booing the widow of Jerry Krause, when they were inducting him into their ring of honor or their Bulls Hall of Fame or whatever it was, but still booing the widow is is just below the belt. Okay, Robin okay. throw Booing okay. Widows. Okay. No,
1: okay. no, 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 no. Hold on, Jimmy. I love that you yeah. said that. And I knew that you would, because you're you're a man who goes after humor, and I appreciate that out of you. Okay. But the person that deserves your scorn, Chris, is not the Bulls fans. We all know that they are absolutely wrong for what they did, but the person that deserves your scorn is Michael Jeffrey Jordan. Number 23, uh, six yes. foot six out of North Carolina. Okay. The way that Michael comports himself and continues to comport himself, and the way that he comported himself on the last dance, and the things that he has continued to perpetrate and say about Jerry Krause, gives every one of those Bulls fans emboldened belief that they are right and justified for doing what they did to Jerry Krause and his widow that night. So blame Michael Jordan. Don't blame the Bulls
2: fans. So I blame the director of the show because why do you stay on the widow the whole time when she's starting to cry? Uh, that that's just that, that wasn't that wasn't good. Also, if it
1: bleeds, big- it leads, Jimmy. It's like he's like a he's like a local news guy, right? Like isn't that what local news always says? If it bleeds, it leads. So
2: the guy's like, stay on her. She's crying. Stay on her. Drama. And also, uh, Chicago Bulls. Just quick, quick thing here. If you're gonna do a, a Ring of Honor, first call you make, only call you make. Is to Michael Jordan and say, Hey, Michael, when can you come to Chicago? Oh, I can come uh in uh in July. Well, guess what? That's when we're doing the ring of honor. You've got to have him there. It doesn't matter what your schedule is, you have him there. Luke Longley, awesome. I'm sure Dickie Simpkins was involved somehow. Um, Randy Brown, I believe, was there. Uh otherwise, just can a Judd They're get a
1: shout out here? Can we I get think a Judd so. Bushler
2: shout out here? All right, we need to go more positive. And what's more positive than the King's Hardwood Hierarchy?
0: All right. Now, is there any doubt? Is there any doubt? You don't lose at home. You continue to win three more games in a row. The Boston Celtics are still the king. Somebody tell me how anybody could say anything different.
2: It's the 76ers. No, I'm just joking. They're definitely the king. I think they've done a great job. They've got a you know hard schedule still coming up. We'll see what happens there, Rod. But you're a huge Celtics fan. How happy are you right now? Oh, I'm definitely happy. But I'll, to be
1: a little contrarian here and to help the podcast, I will say you could actually tell me a team playing out in Los Angeles. And I'm definitely yeah. not talking about the Lakers right now are still probably the best team over the last couple of weeks in the NBA.
0: I'm glad you 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 brought up the Clippers there, Rod. I'm going to ask you a question, and, and your answer may determine who sits in the queen chair. All right? What is more impressive to you? As an NBA team, you either beat the Clippers at home or the Nuggets at home. Which is the most impressive win to you?
1: I think it's still probably the Nuggets because of the elevation, right? I think the fact that like the Clippers, you're you're kind of you're playing on on like a non-big time night, right? Like you're playing an afternoon or you're playing a, a early after you know an early evening game. Like I still think it probably feels a bigger deal to play in Denver because like you see the banner from last year, you know they're the defending champs. But...
0: No, 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 wait, wait, wait! You're not playing an away game. Your team is at home playing those oh. games.
1: Oh, okay, yeah. If your team's at home, it's it's more impressive to beat the. Clippers right now, possibly, because of how they're playing, right? Denver still kind of catches it in every once in a while, and they're certainly tougher at home because of the elevation, so I think if you beat the Clippers, it's a more impressive win
2: right now. I was going to say, I thought the 76ers beat the Nuggets at home.
0: <laughs> yeah, 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 no, that's what it was, but since uh, it's it's a bigger deal to beat the Clippers right now, that means I'm going to have to put the Timberwolves at the Queen spot right now, all right? That's the better win, more recent. They're both on a couple a yeah. few games winning streak, both had big wins. I kind of was up in the air on it, so Rod telling me it's more impressive to beat the Clippers means that's who gets the queen chair. And listen, I hate
1: having to say that, all right? If we want to rewind back, and if Jimmy wants to to do the work sometime and to get my long rant that I went on after that trade was made, I mean, I've got serious egg on my face all over it about that trade because they're making me look terrible after that. I hate saying it, but they're, they're really, really good right now.
2: And yeah, I man. doubled down if you'll
0: remember correctly. Let's go, Clippers. <laughs> And listen, I'm I'm going to have to then move Philadelphia out of the throne room for this week and probably just this week. But I got to put two people in the print spot that deserve to be here. There are two teams that are on the longest win streak in the NBA right now. They each have won six games. Each team has moved into playoff contention. We already talked about Cleveland as one of these teams. And the other one would be the Utah Jazz.
1: Yeah, man.
2: The Jazz Real have completely arty. completely revamped their lineup. Um, terrific job, and yeah, they're ninth right now. They have uh, they have gone from definitely selling, maybe a marketing huge deal, to possibly buying now. And, you know, Jimmy, I come on here
1: and I've talked about how I rue the day that the Celtics got rid of Ime Odoka. Perhaps I should just rue the day that the Celtics allowed Will Hardy to go out the building with Danny Ainge because what could that guy be doing? But then again, the Celtics are still the best team in the NBA. Yeah, I, yeah. Getting mad at Joey Mass here. I have a, I have a suggestion. He's Mr. got King the highest
2: winning percentage ever in the first two years of his career. By but he way. also has Jay,
1: <laughs> Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. So Valid. let's not give the guy too many flowers. But, Mr. King, I have a suggestion here. I think moving forward, we should call the number three spot the two princes spot, and you should always have two. I think that's what we should do moving forward. And I think we should now change the name of the court adjusters to, frankly, just teams on Rod's wins team, because usually <laughs> every team that you talk about at the bottom here, I have on my wins team, right? Whether we're talking about the Spurs, whether we're talking about the Pistons, whether we're talking about the
0: Hornets, I've got all of those teams on my wins team. The Hawks. Well- Well, we're going to talk about a team in this court of jesters, and it's just one team this week. It's a team that shouldn't really be here. They had been playing well up until really January, and I'm talking about the Houston Rockets.
2: thought you were going to go there. Yeah,
0: They have really fallen apart. They're falling out of the playoff spots, even the play-ins. It's not looking good for them right now. They got to do something to turn it around quick, but they have looked just about as bad as anybody in the last week or so.
1: You know what I want to do here real quick, Jimmy, before we go out is just to shout out the Pistons again here because I heard some stats – or not the Pistons, excuse me, the Hornets. I heard some stats the other day that, like, the Hornets have double the amount of wins of the Pistons, but, like, if you look at just net rating and efficiency and rankings, like, the Hornets are, like, one of the worst teams the NBA's ever fielded, and yet somehow they have three more wins than the Pistons. So congratulations to me for picking both of them to be on my wins team.
0: You know, I I had the Hornets on this gesture list last week or the couple weeks ago, and you forced me to put the Lakers on there as well. I just wanted to badmouth the
1: Lakers because I don't get a chance to do that very often. Usually I'm singing LeBron's praises, but then that that week it was valid.
2: That is your King's Hardwood hierarchy for this week. Next week, we're going to talk a lot about All-Star. All-Star ballots, I believe, are due. So we'll talk about the lineups for those uh, who got snubbed, who didn't there'll probably be another trade or two. And of course there's gonna be some great basketball going on as well. Rod and Chris really appreciate everything you do for us. Uh, And with that, you have been listening to balls and brew part of the more, you know, podcasting network. Hey listeners out there. If anybody has like an Ashley furniture
1: home sale happening or maybe like a home goods or a TJ Maxx, we're gonna need a table here on this podcast really, really soon. I don't know if we want to get like a mahogany table. I don't know if we want to get like a big round oak job or if you want to get like a picnic table, but football is going to be wrapping up soon and we're going to have extra basketball content to bring to you that's going to involve a table. So suggestions for what kind of table you want that to be.
0: Goodbye, internet.